Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You can't put yourself in that hole, especially in the NHL. Teams are too good. They're not going to give up, usually, not going to give up that many uh, goals. So just put ourselves in too big of a hole. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. This, of course, is part of the uh, never award-winning Canes Corner Podcast. Thank you very much for making us uh, a part of your, I'm assuming, Saturday morning, maybe you're doing chores, I don't know. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be joined by Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country from the wind tunnel that is the uh, the corridor between the ice and the locker rooms uh, in just a little bit. We're going to go through some of, the, uh, some of the game first before we get to uh, our conversation with Brian LeBlanc, and we'll try to get you out of here. Uh, as quickly as possible tonight. You heard Ryan Dezingle at the beginning uh, of these proceedings uh, talking about how you just can't get down 4-1 to a team like the Washington Capitals, and I agree. Before we go through uh, through the night, a quick reminder, if you haven't already, I, I know that a bunch of you have, and I've seen the comments, and I thank you very much. We're trying to do the best we can for you uh, so giving us feedback helps me. Giving me feedback helps me You know, do what you guys want to hear. So subscribe to it so it shows up automatically in your phone. Rate it if you like. I'm not telling you you have to uh, any more than I'm telling you that you have to vote for Tavo Teravainen for the All-Star Game. You can vote 10 times a day. I hope you're voting 10 times a day uh, because Tavo Teravainen has been tremendous and we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Uh, but there you go. The podcast, give us a rating if you want, and uh, then you know we'll uh, we'll let you know. And if you if you've got things on your mind, let us know. And you can always reach me on Twitter at a gold fan. So to me, this game boiled down to two things. It was a missed opportunity in the first period. Carolina was outstanding in the first period. Uh, gave up a couple of chances, but really could have scored. Uh, a bunch in terms of shots generated. They took 28 shots in the first period to nine for Washington. It's a better than a three to one margin and skated off the ice zeros. So sometimes that is, that's okay if you can keep it up. And I said this with Alec Campbell between the first and second periods, if you were listening to the radio, second period was Washington. Uh, Carolina had some chances, had a couple of power plays. Power plays were trash, and Carolina didn't get anything out of it. And all of a sudden, in the span of about two minutes, the uh, the Capitals had the lead, uh, and Carolina never got it back. Uh, and we'll go through the goals uh, in a little bit. You get a chance to hear one of them, uh, the Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov power play goal, uh, which is really a great play by John Carlson. 
Um, but uh, that whole sequence was kind of uh, screwy because Carolina could have tied the game on a Dougie Hamilton shorthanded goal. But again, we'll go through it. Uh, but it took about uh, just over two minutes for the Capitals to have a 2 nothing lead. Um, that's where the period ended. And we go to the third, and Carolina gets right on top of it again. And it was actually a lot like the first period, except the chances that Washington got, they buried. And yeah, when you're trying to come back from a two-goal deficit, uh, which at one point became a three-goal deficit, you just can't give up those kind of chances. I do think that today was also a little bit about uh, continuing to take penalties. I thought Sebastian Ajo really struggled, especially in the second period. I didn't think it was a particularly good game for Dougie Hamilton. Uh, a lot of the same particulars who have been struggling continued to struggle, a la Jake Gardner. Uh, but ultimately, it boiled down to uh, you need your best players to be your best players against a team like Washington, uh, and they didn't get enough out of Dougie Hamilton tonight, didn't get enough out of Sebastian Ajo tonight, and if you're not going to get those guys to play at a high level against a team like the Capitals, then you're probably not going to win the game. Uh, and if you need confirmation as to what went wrong today, what I just said before, uh, that um, the second period really doomed Carolina. Jordan Stahl, your captain, agrees. Uh, our PK's got to be better, but obviously um, uh, a very good power player. Our power play kind of builds us out with a couple goals, which was good and made it in the game. And, um, you know, but I think really it was our, our second period and just kind of um, put us in a hole and you know, we didn't play our game in that second and um, and they do a good job of, of when you're not on uh, they're going to make you pay and um, they did a good job of that and um, you know we made a push in the third um, and uh, you know it's just tough to come back in, uh, in this league especially a team in that yeah I mean especially a team like Washington and Rod Brindamore the head coach in the post game loved the first period thought they deserved better I agree they were outstanding in the first period uh, but that low in the second period ultimately did him in. He deserved better out of the first. And then second was not good. I know the power play sucked the life out of us. And then their power play got them going. And that's the second period. And then third period to come out really good. And then get another, you know, power play goal. Which, you know, that... You know, I was going to say difference in the game. But really, I guess it wasn't necessarily. Because we got two power play goals as well. But... Uh, that second period, a little low there. That, to me, was where the game kind of, we lost it. Uh, so there's the head coach, Rod Brindamore. I want to go back to the uh, the second power play goal because it was a wild sequence. I mean, Carolina started off that uh, power play or that penalty kill uh, looking pretty good and actually generated a chance early in the sequence. Dougie Hamilton was sprung on a breakaway and uh, Dougie, either it was poke-checked away by Ilya Samsonov, uh, or Dougie just didn't get all of it, and uh, so he was denied, and then it just starts the sequence down the other way, and ultimately, Washington sets it up, and uh, they've got some all-stars, and one of the all-stars ultimately made the play. Carlson, he'll play catch with Backstrom. Nicholas puts some air under that. Bring it this way for Ovechkin through the seat. Fake of the shot from Backstrom. Carlson has all day down low. Score! Kuznetsov on the tip in. It's 2-0 Washington. Yeah, that was an easy put away for Kuznetsov. 
Uh, Carlson had way too much time between the circles. He skated in uh, and then kind of made it look like he was going to shoot it. Peter Mrazek, who I thought was very good except for the last goal, the fourth goal tonight. Uh, Mrazek came out to challenge, top of the crease, and the pass to Kuznetsov. He was all alone uh, to the side of the goal, and he just banged it home. Uh, And right before then, and you can make the argument that maybe Dougie Hamilton could have come off the ice uh, right after the uh, the breakaway chance, um, but I I don't know. Um, but Kuznetsov kind of shoved Hamilton away, uh, just two hand shove, nothing illegal about what he did. But he pushed Dougie out of the way, and it really gave uh, Kuznetsov all the room and the time he needed to make it two nothing. Their first goal was a Richard Ponick uh, power move past Jake Gardner down the right side. This was at even strength. And um, he got off a good shot. Mrazek made a great save. uh, But the rebound kind of fluttered in the air and caromed in off of Brett Pesci. Lucas Walmark was a little late getting back. Not that I'm not faulting Walmark because he tried to swipe it out of the air uh, and keep it out of the goal, but he couldn't do it. He just, uh, just couldn't get there in time. Uh, but it really is an own goal that went off of Pesci's body. Richard Ponick, uh was credited with the marker. But then in the third period, Carolina really got things going. And you knew it's only 2-0. It's only I mean, Hurricanes have come back from two goals against the Capitals before. I believe they trailed the, the, the first game this year in Washington by two goals. And they got it going right away with the captain in front doing captainish things. Stahl steps in the Washington zone. Svechnikov right out in front. Why? He had Samsonov dead to rights. Far point. Cruising. Pesci with a shot. Tipped in. Jordan Stahl with a magic stick out in front. 39 seconds gone in the third. Carolina cuts the lead in half. It really was a spectacular, spectacular goal. Uh, because uh, Carolina needed to get bodies in front of Ilya Samsonov, uh, who had seen basically everything Carolina had thrown at him cleanly. But uh, but it was a great tip in, very kind of acrobatic as Stahl kind of uh, uh, jumped out of the way and got his stick, uh, kind of went between his legs. It was a great play. Uh, so Carolina made a 2-1, and then another penalty, and... Washington cashed in. Lars Eller made it uh, 3-1. Ovechkin took took one of his patented shots. It went high. It actually might have been deflected. It very possible that Brock McGinn deflected it high over the glass over the over the crossbar. It hits the glass hard. It bounces out right in front to Lars Eller, who just banged it home. Uh, Ovechkin couldn't have passed it any better to Lars Eller. So that made it 3-1. Then came a play in which Carolina just, uh, you could tell, they, they made some mistakes tonight, and this was a big mistake. Warren Fogle gave the puck away at the offensive blue line, kind of slid it across for nobody. So you give up possession of the puck. It was really at the end of a pretty good shift, I thought, for Carolina. And then uh, Hamilton, uh, rather than take the body, made a, tried to make a play on the puck along the wall, and uh, the pass over, I believe, from Kuznetsov. It was Kuznetsov over to Jacob Vrana right on the doorstep. And he didn't get all of it, but it got in between Mrazek and the post. And Peter just couldn't get over. Maybe that's the one that he wants back because I think he 
was there in time, but he just didn't get all the way over. If he gets over square, then he stops it. But uh, he stopped just before the bar, just before the the, uh, the far post, uh, and it goes in. So all of a sudden, it's 4-1. You think Carolina's dead, uh, but no, there was life, and they got it on the power play again. Haglund for hooking, 627 off the draw. Washington, Hamilton lays it along for Svechnikov. Downstairs, Hollis Svechnikov. It got through, stopped the rebound, scores! Tavo Terabinen, it's turbo time! Power play goal, seven seconds in. Carolina, down by two. Yeah, the power play finally showed life. And then six minutes later, it struck again. Now Lucas Walmart. Little backhand to Furl, forward to Zingle. To the outside off a stick. Available puck at the point. Gardner touches for Walmart. And now wound along for to Zingle. Walmart on the wall. Gardner, top of the near circle. Nages to the slot. To Zingle. Scores! Oh, what a bullet by Ryan to Zingle. Power play goal right by Samsonov on the glove side. Carolina down by one. Yeah, there's plenty of time. There was 7.25 left in the game when Dezingle scored his eighth of the season. By the way, uh, Dezingle has now scored goals in two straight games. Yes, the goal against uh, Montreal was into, into, into an empty net, but it was a different, I mean, it was not your garden variety empty net goal. It was all the way from the far wall. Uh, so he had a tough angle and he ripped it through and Montreal was expecting it. But Ryan's been playing much better of late. I believe he's got six points in his last five games, uh, four assists and a couple of goals. So uh, you can tell Ryan's starting to turn a corner a little bit. Tavo Teravainen's now got uh, eight goals on the season as well. And after the game, uh, in our conversation with Dezingle, uh, you know, he was asked, where is this team at the midway point. We're close to a wild card spot or in a wild card spot. I don't know what after tonight. And, um, you know, you got to put yourself on uh, these next 10 games before bye week. You got to put yourself in a good good situation. And I think we have so far, and I think we have a lot more to give. So you want to put yourself in a good situation so you're not climbing. And, um, you know, these next, whatever, nine or 10 games are huge coming up. So we need to put ourselves in a good spot before we head into break. And uh, like I said, we're, we've uh, put ourselves in a decent spot so far, and we got to keep going. There's no question they're in a good spot. Look, they're uh, 24-15-2. They're on a 100-point pace. Uh, 100 points is going to put you in the in the playoffs, uh, but they're jockeying for position, and 24-15-2 uh, is one point better than the Philadelphia Flyers, who are 22-14-5, and, and they will take another swing at the Flyers. They have already dropped two games to Philadelphia this year. They'll take another swing against Philadelphia in the next uh, week or so. So Carolina is going to have to win that game. they got to have to start winning more games in the Metro. Can't just beat Washington and the Islanders and now 3-1 and one against those two teams this year. But uh, almost 0 for everybody else. Actually, they are 0 for everybody else in the Metropolitan Division apart from Washington and the Islanders. So those types of things must change. But yeah, they're in pretty good shape. There are some things that they'll need to clean up. And we'll get to all of that when we talk to Brian LeBlanc of Kane's Country in a matter of seconds.
my friend Brian LeBlanc, Kane's Country, managing editor, executive producer, uh, all Grand the, All Bob. the things. All right. All the things. Let's, uh, you, you're, in a nutshell, what was the difference tonight? Uh, the Capitals could hurt the Hurricanes on the power play, and the Hurricanes couldn't get out of their own way. They each got two power play goals, Brian. They did, but the Hurricanes <laughs> had a propensity to take some really bad penalties yeah. at really bad times. Dougie Hamilton's probably being one that you know he'd want to have back, obviously. With the one late? Yeah, Oshie sold it. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. question Oshie sold it, but there are 99 times out of 100, they're going to call the second guy in. So, right. you know, and Eric Hall's penalty right after yeah. uh, right after Stahl had scored. To a open little the hook on year. the hands right there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's not much, but in a game that's that tight where the Hurricanes are buzzing, that's a penalty that right. just absolutely destroys momentum. And that was the story of the night. It was the Hurricanes in large part failing to get out of their own way more than it was the Capitals taking the game to them, I thought. Yeah, think about uh, there were two or three posts and, there's, and, and an own goal. Jacob Slayton uh, hit two of them yeah, on his own. Absolutely. Well, one was a deflection that yeah. bounced over uh, Sam Sonoff, who was very good tonight. I actually thought, other than the uh, the fourth goal, is everything okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Other than the fourth goal that Mrazek allowed, I thought, I mean, Peter was in, had no chance on the other three. No. Uh, he was, thought, not, he was thought, not the problem. I thought Peter was excellent tonight, to be honest. I mean, I thought Peter made a bunch of good saves. Stopped Hathaway twice right. on separate breakaways. Right. I mean, you know, shut down a three-on-one with the, with the you know, shut down a two-on-one with the help of Slavin, you know, sliding to break up that two-on-one. I mean, no, he wasn't the problem tonight. He want the fourth goal back. There's no question. You know, trying to make sure that you got your foot covering the post there. Right. But you know, he's not superhuman, and everybody makes mistakes. And that was just a one at a specifically bad time. But you know, those these, these things happen. And the Hurricanes, to their credit, never gave up. I mean, to make this a one goal game is a credit to the resilience of this team. I think because we really saw it in the third period. One goal game with 7:25 left. I mean, there's plenty of time left uh, when it came uh, when it got back to 4-3. A couple of things that are concerning to me about the way this team is, and we are now at the midway point. 41 games in, Hurricanes at 50 points, still 100-point pace, still going to be a playoff team. I don't know that the teams below them in the division are going to catch them, although I'd keep an eye out for Columbus. Uh, and Keep an eye out for Philly. I mean, they can't well, win but, on the road to save but, their lives. But, but Philly, I think, is a playoff, uh, okay. going to be a playoff team, okay. too. So, But in terms of the team that could push Carolina out, I think five teams are going to come from the Metro. I agree. And I think Carolina is going to be the fourth or fifth team. It could be. Like, could very, good, this could very well enough. be a playoff preview that we saw tonight again. But, the truth is they're good enough to be in the top three in this division uh, if they can clean up some things. We'll get to the penalty kill. This was not a good game, I thought, for Sebastian Ajo. No. I know he ends up with an assist on the Terravine goal, uh, but that second period is one he's going to want back. And this is a guy that, for the beginning of the season, you could tell he was trying to justify a big contract, and then things started to happen, and he was playing much better. But the last four or five games, and especially in the second period tonight where he spent tw- uh, four minutes in the penalty box, six, less than that because they scored a goal, uh, they need him to be yeah. the eight point four five million dollar player, and and to and to live up to that contract. Part of that deal is killing penalties, and he's been an expert at killing penalties this mm-hmm. year. You can't kill penalties sitting in the penalty box. I mean, right. I'm not you know I'm not exactly breaking news by saying that. Um, I wonder if a little bit, and we'll, I mean, this is kind of hitting at what I want to get at with the penalty kill too, is that teams have started.
starting to figure out that top line now because that was really flying for a while with Aho Niederreiter and obviously Tavo Teravainen, you know, point per game now halfway through the season. I mean, he's doing everything you could ask him and more. Uh, but it seemed like the Caps were really effective at taking away Aho's time and space. You know, right. the 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 pass that he, you know, the pass that he made to Teravainen bounced off someone's skate right. in front of the net. And I mean, with Tom you, Wilson, you know, like, you, right? you make your you make your own breaks very, you know, in more ways than one. Um, but you know he's he's getting chances that he's just not converting, and he's getting run out of the play easier, I think, than he has in the past. And you know these things happen over the course of a season. I don't think it's anything to be worried about. But you know now you kind of have to readjust things again. Maybe you need to take a little bit of a different stride to the net. Maybe you need to play a little bit differently along the boards just to make sure that you get that separation that right now he's having a little bit of trouble getting. It's not ir- it's not irreparable. I mean it's yeah. going to fix itself. Um, but you know these things just tend to come in bunches for for Sebastian and you know this might be one of those times where he just goes through a week week and a half where he just you know has to kind of recalibrate himself and once he gets going again he'll be fine all right so you, so Brian LeBlanc of Kane's country you follow him on Twitter at BD LeBlanc or don't no no do do um you called it the top line except it's not, I mean they might play the most minutes because mm-hmm. I do think ultimately by the end of games, Aho, Terabon, and Niederreiter lead them in minutes for the most part. A lot of that's because they kill penalties too. Right. But it, what's interesting to me is the way Rod employs Stahl, Svechnikov, and Fogel. Yeah. They have had the, the toughest assignments. So tonight, they draw Ovechkin, Backstrom, Ocean, or Wilson tonight. Wilson, Wilson tonight. And it was that second line that really struggled. Mm-hmm. Aho, Teravainen, and Niederreiter kind of struggled against Kuznetsov and Oshi. That's a difficult line because this it's a it's kind of a meaty line. Yeah, it is. And you know, with that that line works. That stall line works because. Warren is so physical. He's not physical, but he's smartly physical along the boards. You know, he picks his he picks his spots really well, is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. And Svechnikov, I mean, God, just give him an inch of ice, it'll take a mile. Um, but Jordan Stahl is is the sun around which the Hurricanes' yeah. defense orbits, and any any guys you put on his wing are going to have to be effective. You know, at, at a bare minimum, have to be effective in the defensive zone, if not outright really effective. Um, Svechnikov has gotten to that point this year in a way that I don't think he did last year at any point. And, you know, it's it's good to see for, for sure. And, you know, credit to them. I mean, <laughs> Joel Edmondson's calf notwithstanding, the Hurricanes managed to <laughs> avoid Alex Ovechkin for the most part they tonight. And that's- Except that his shot off the glass became the Lars Eller yeah, power play goal that what? made it, uh, I guess that was the third goal. Third goal. But, right. I mean, you know, like Rod said in the postgame press conference, oh, what are you, you going to do no, about no, that? Bad, bad bounce. Bad bounce. But sometimes he doesn't have to score to be effective. Right. All right. Two more things before we wrap this up. Brian LeBlanc, Kane's country. All right. Because um, you mentioned defense. Mm-hmm. Remember all that great depth in Carolina? Everybody looked about Carolina and was like, oh, man, the blue line. What a great blue line. What a great blue line. They've got Slavin, they've got Pesci, they've got Dougie Hamilton. Who did not have a good game. He was not good tonight. Uh, it's You know what? He's an all-star. He's had a great year. I'm not banging yeah, him for, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm banging not, him I'm for a bad game. I'm certainly not going to write right. him off. I mean, this was, you know, everybody has a bad night. After that, <laughs> dot, Joel, dot, dot. Yeah, Joel, Joel Edmondson has played very well this year, but ultimately the way this team plays, he probably needs to be a third pair, mm-hmm. right? Which means that this team, because Jake Gardner is not the guy that they thought they were getting, 
there's a big hole at four. Yeah. Joel's probably at five. Mm-hmm. I th- actually think Hayden Flurry's their fifth best defenseman Agreed. right now. Agreed. And I thought he had a pretty right. effective. He was okay tonight. Um, and it's not necessarily supremely trusted by the man who controls ice time. <laughs> no. Uh, but, I mean, the, so right all, suddenly the Hurricanes find themselves, they probably need another forward, somebody who can play with a little bit more physicality and, uh, and jam. And looks to me like they need a defenseman. I think I you're right. They can fit all this. I think I think you're right, and I'm not sure where they I'm not sure where they fit all of it. Um, it, it boy, it's, it's it's hard to talk about Jake Gardner because you know what he can be, and you know what they thought they were getting. But I mean, you could write off a, a slow start, you know, a new place, but we're just not seeing it. I no. mean, we're not. We're, we're, it's not getting any better. Uh, maybe it got a little bit better, but you're kind of grasping for straws toward the end of that road trip. And ever since the end of that, it's been right back to where yeah. it was to the point that he's now on the third pairing. And, you know, you've had to you've had to readjust everything else around that. You know, I know you move him up with Pesci just to, I think, more to try to get him going than anything yes. else. Um, but. No, it just it just hasn't worked, and it's not just it's not just defensively. It's it's bad offensive decisions as well. Yeah. From a guy that has was signed specifically not specifically for his offense, but that was a lot of the reason he got four million a year. Power play, yeah, power play guy. Right. I mean, you're just you're you're making these mistakes over and over and over again, and at some point, you, yeah, you kind of have to wonder. You've got you know, you've got your big three up top. And then what's behind them? And I mean, you know, I said to you in the press box earlier, you know, if they had if they had passed on Gardner and kept Calvin DeHaan, they'd be down both of them right now. Um, so you know, I, I, a bird in the hands worth two in the bush, I guess you could say. But you know, they they've got to get something. You know, a minutes muncher kind of guy who's responsible defensively, but you know, maybe not might not set the world on fire offensively, but is at least trustworthy enough to know that when he when he pinches down. He's not just going to leave some some forward, you know, defending a three on one or something like that, which we saw at least twice tonight comes to mind, and yeah. maybe even three times. Um, Jacob Slavin saved him in the first period, absolutely. For uh, in a bunch of situations, this was again getting back to Dougie not having a great night. Yeah. there were a couple of uh, ill-advised pinches, mm-hmm. uh, and then on the uh, I guess it was the the, the Verona goal that made it four one. That was just a cluster from uh, <laughs> start from, from, from the very beginning. All right, final thing. Because we've now gone through the last two days, three days, where it's Will Williams. When is Williams coming back? When is he going to? Is he going to repel from the rafters and a storm surge? Uh, is uh, is he going to emerge from the ice? Is it going to be like a Vegas style? There you go. Right. So Stormy's head comes off, and it's Justin Williams. I don't think those guys are ups- are hearing it and thinking about it in the locker room. But there's been enough talk about it. Something has to happen. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and, then, it's, and and for the for the sake of the team, it needs to happen soon because the the more uncertainty there is, I mean, we, just give us an answer, okay? Let's fine. let's let's even if even if the answer is not, I'm not coming back until the All Star break. Fine, but you know, just this this will he or won't he Kabuki dance at some point just has to stop. Um, and we just need to know where we're going. This is replaying what happened in the summer all over again, where for two months we were kind of breathlessly reading the tea leaves trying to figure out whether or not he was coming back, and eventually on the EVA training camp he said, I'm not going to, at least for now. Well, here we are again, and we're doing yeah. the same thing, and it, you can see you know, you, 
you could kind of see early in the season that maybe it took a little bit out of the Hurricanes because they, you know, this will he or won't he just kind of lended itself to not being real, real confident in your own, you know, your own skin. And now they are. And here we are again. So, you know, it's 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 time to make the decision, I think. And I think we both know what the decision is probably going to be, Uh, you know, odds on. I'd, I'd say that he comes back, but I think know, that opens up. there is a small chance that he doesn't, and who who knows what the reasons would be. Mm-hmm. There are cap issues, you know. Maybe he's a guy that doesn't want to come back for uh, low base and high incentives because, mm-hmm. frankly, playing or or low ice time. Who's gonna, who's he going to take ice time from? Is well, the other that, question. Th- that is the other thing. It's t- to me having had enough conversations with the head coach about this. Um, I don't think the ice time would be that big of an issue. I think Justin is certainly in the in the early stages would probably be looking at ten or eleven minutes a game. Yeah, uh, which Plus is basically you could give him on the power right. Play. Well, yeah. well, even with that, maybe which is basically what Walmart is getting right now as a fourth line center, and because they don't have a traditional fourth line. I mean, you could play him with Walmark and McGinn. I think that's probably right? what you end up doing. Yeah, right. but then so do you, you take Jordan Martinuk out of the lineup. Well, uh, or I mean, you could play him with Walmark and Martinuk. There, so, there are right. downstream effects no matter what. Yes. And, you know, at some point, the uncertainty has to end. And we need, right. to, we need to have an answer one way or the and other. That's where I think this team time. is at this at this stage of the game. You know, we are, we're about three weeks from the bye week. Mm-hmm. So my the way I look at it, he's got to practice for two weeks mm-hmm. before he comes back to play. Agreed. So if this decision isn't made and announced in the next six days, seven days, then you're looking after the bye week, and now you're into February, basically. And, all right, you've got, I mean, you've got two months of the season left, um, but... You're talking about 30 games left in the season. I think ideally they would have him on the ice and playing before that. But here's the other thing, and I, I, I won't take up too much of your time saying this, but it goes back to I'm what you were saying. taking your time. Well, you know. Yes. Um, it goes back to what you were saying about the trade deadline. Until they have a firm answer, how do you know what you can or can't do with the deadline? How, how do you know how much cap room you'll have? How do you know what spaces on your roster you have available? All of these downstream mm-hmm. things are contingent on what decision he makes. So the earlier he makes that decision, the easier it is for, you know, B, C, and D to all fall. Once you've got the decision made on A, then you can start figuring out where everything else goes. But right now they're kind of stuck in this limbo, and, you know, they can they can do as much advanced planning as they want to, but until they get a yes or no answer, all this other stuff kind of has to wait, and that doesn't help them right now. Yeah. I, I just, if, if it becomes a money or salary issue, wouldn't be 100% surprised to see him play elsewhere, even though he doesn't want that to be the case. At some point, your time becomes worth something. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and and being Justin Williams is worth something. Yeah. It's, right? worth, it's probably worth more to the hurt. We would all hate it. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever happens, happens. His, his kid's hockey season's almost done, so. Oh, that's right. You that's know. right. All right, Brian. Get out of here. All right. Thanks. I thank Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country. I thank you for putting up with that wind tunnel. Uh, but I think there was good stuff in there and, um, ultimately very quick to put a bow on the Justin Williams thing. It's gotta happen soon. If you want to get him on the ice for a few games before the all-star break and the bye week or whatever you want to call that week, then, uh, an announcement has to come one way or the announcement has to come that he's coming back in the next really, you know, 
by the middle of next week. And if it doesn't, now you're talking about after the bye week, and that's fine, uh, but this team uh, wants would want him for as many games as they can possibly get. So uh, there's a salary issue and there's a timing issue for uh, for both parties, for all parties. Uh, and this team will be better, and yes, somebody's going to have to come out of the lineup. Sometimes injury takes care of that for you, so you don't have to make the decision. Uh, but if it's Martinuk out of the lineup, it, look, Ryan Dezingle's playing well right now, but if it's Dezingle or if it's Niederreiter, whoever it is, whoever comes out of the lineup, uh, if you're putting Justin Williams in there, it's a net positive, right? Uh, but ultimately, talked about it earlier, this team needs to add a defenseman. I think badly. Uh, but we'll get to uh, all those issues at another time. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on the Canes Corners Morning After Podcast. Canes lose to the Capitals 4-3. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, give us a rating. Subscribe to it so it shows up on your phone automatically. And uh, be nice. Uh, say something nice to us. And if you have any feedback, you want to give me some uh, ideas for what you'd like to hear, uh, by all means, hit me up on Twitter at AGoldFan. Until Sunday, when the Hurricanes take on the Tampa Bay Lightning at PNC Arena at 5 o'clock, I'm Adam Gold, and thank you, and good night, or good morning. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.